On this week's episode of The Smoke Break, we have my dear friend Mandy Gormley sharing her experience as a single parent and having healthy friendships with exes. Check us out on Shady Pines Radio, Pretty Dope Experience Radio, as well as Spotify, Sundays from 9 to 10 a.m. Welcome to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with a mandolin deal. Hi, friends. Malik Rayshon. What's poppin'? And our guest host, Mandy Gormley. Hi. Welcome to the show. Um, every week we like to talk about uh, mental health, and this week is no different. So uh, let's get right into it. So uh, I don't have a lot of experience with this. I wish I had more. Uh, I wish I had a kid. I do. I want to be a dad. Really? I know. That's I know. Cute. I know. I know. I, uh, I taught a little bit in China, and I was just like, man, kids are awesome. I wish I Very was fucking parent but i'm not but yeah. our guest host is uh and i'm a little bit curious about your uh, your experience as a parent and uh somebody who's also going to school so uh tell me a little bit let's start off with uh being a parent uh what's what's your experience um well <laughs> where do i even begin <laughs> um it's an experience unlike anything else truly like you, th- you have a pet, right? And you think mm-hmm. you love that pet more than anything else in the whole world. And then you have a kid and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even think I could love this way. Um, sure. That's how it was for me, at least. Um, and every day is pretty much just waking up and seeing the look on his face and knowing that I'm, like, his most favorite person in the whole world. And it's the best mm-hmm. feeling in the whole world. Aww. That's, Aww, sweet. that's sweet. That's sweet. So you have uh, how many kids? Just one. He's two and a half. Two and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's um nonverbal. So everything, every interaction that we have is like almost that much more special to me because I have to really pay attention to understand what he's trying to say to me. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And and what what does nonverbal mean? Um, he does not speak. Like he makes sounds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like kind of like uh, a six or eight month old would, like babbling, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he doesn't know how to form sentences, words, any of that. Okay, okay. And uh, I, once again, don't know a lot about kids. How does something like this, uh, I guess, kind of happen? Um, I don't know. I I know that like with the pandemic happening, a lot of kids were having delays in speech. Mm-hmm. That was like super common. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in my son's case, he is um, a nonverbal autistic child. Okay. And when I was pregnant, that was something that we knew might happen just because genetics play a role. And on his dad's side, there's several members of that family with autism. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, as far as, like, the, the, the autism, like, what are ways that you're seeing this kind of present itself? Um. It was the most obvious when he reached, like, two years old last October, and he still wasn't talking. Um, Obviously, that was, like, the biggest red flag. But then once we started talking to his doctor, it kind of became more obvious that he was what's called stimming, which I don't really know how to explain it. I'm still really new to all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he does a lot of, like, hand flapping and... uh, like jumping, just a lot of really repetitive behaviors to get out the things that he can't express with his words. Mm-hmm. So being nonverbal, it probably presents a lot of challenges, but are there any ways that um, maybe that experience is uniquely special and like fun? Yeah, Um I am a talker. Like, I talk a lot. Um, as Malik knows, I, I can talk for hours. <laughs> um, so it's kind of nice having a child that doesn't need me to talk so much. He's not interested in what I'm saying to him as much as he's interested in what I'm doing with him. Mm-hmm. So I'm having to get more creative in my play with him. I never used to paint, and now I paint, like, all the time. That's cool. And yeah, it's, it's like just, blossoming your creativity and other ways of communicating as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it, it also kind of just like, you know, brings to light that like there are other ways of communicating that aren't verbal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people think of like sign language as being like the easiest way. My son does not know sign language. He does not like he didn't care to learn it when I tried to teach him. He was like, what are you doing, mom? So it's. It's cool because he'll show you in his own ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the most fun part kind of is like decoding what he's trying to tell me. (laughs) Yeah. 
I think that's cool too because a lot of a lot of people rely on words to understand what's happening and I think your experience you have to learn to understand like different ways to receive information like I'm not going to tell you like oh I'm bored like I'm going to show you with my body language and you know the little noises that I make or whatever so I think that's that maybe will enhance like the way that you're able to perceive interactions with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm a lot more um, sensitive to body language now than I used to be because I feel like, you know, to be anticipating my son's needs all the time, I have to kind of be hyper vigilant and like be watching to see what he's trying to get, what he's trying to tell me, what his needs are even when he doesn't himself know. And so when I'm interacting with like adults and their body language is saying something completely different than what their verbal language is saying, I'm like, uh, wait a minute. I don't know how to interact with you now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think people almost get like lazy in communication when they use their words because people will say something they don't even mean. That's Mm -hmm. not even how they're feeling. But then all their actions and body language are telling you something different. And when I was working in a preschool, there was this little girl who had, she was autistic and she was nonverbal as well. And there's so many like teachers who would like say their words, but like everything else was like they're stressed out. Their body language is not what they're communicating. So it's like you have to kind of decipher what they actually mean. Whereas this girl would like, she, even though she was nonverbal, everything that she was communicating, it was exactly what she needed and to be able to like kind of like listen and decipher that, I think, was, like, definitely a learning experience in patience. But also, like, there are so many different ways of communicating. And people think that, like, oh, just speak and we know what you want. It's like, yeah, but people talk yeah. all the time and they're not really saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're saying the opposite of what they actually mean anyways. So. Well, and the cool thing about kids is that they will almost always tell you what they need. Yeah, that's true. It's very rare that they're, like, I'm throwing a fit because I don't know. Yeah. Usually yeah. it's I'm throwing a fit because I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm this, mm-hmm. I'm that. And you can figure out a quick resolution to it if they talk. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, it's kind of like process of elimination. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's, it's definitely, like, a good way for us to kind of grow as adults because we get stuck in our ways, too. And you have to be like, oh, I have to unlearn everything I thought because this person is communicating to me in a way that, like, is probably more honest, honestly, yeah. <laughs> than just the bullshit that we use to communicate. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I think that that's definitely, like, a, a, a valuable thing to bring up is that, you know, like, yeah, there are there are other ways that we can uh, kind of just um, understand information from the way that, uh, you know, people kind of, uh, you know, present with body language because there's, there's so much, you know, the way that somebody sits, the way that somebody, uh, you know, is whether they have their arms crossed, you know, there's, there's so much information that we can kind of gather from that. Um, so yeah, no, that's in, that's incredibly uh, interesting. That uh, that's that's some. It sounds like it's something that you've been able to you know do your best to navigate. Uh, even though I'm sure it's not something you were really planning on. It sounds like you were prepared for it, but not really planning on it. Yeah, it's one of those things that you can definitely be like, yeah, it's a possibility. But like until it happens. You have no idea what you're in for. Mm-hmm. You have absolutely yeah. no idea. Absolutely. Um, so uh, on your end a little bit more, though, uh, so from what I understand, you're a single parent? Yes. Um, how would you say that that's kind of affected your your mental health as far as, uh, you know, just trying to raise a, a kid in this this crazy world that we're already living in? Um, you know, like, how have, how have you navigated that? Um, well, I actually recently got on fluoxetine. Oh, okay. I've been on that. Um, which is like an antidepressant, um, like a month ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Before that, I struggled really, really, like, bad with postpartum depression. Um, Yeah, people don't talk about that enough, I feel like, too. Yeah, and then there's also postpartum rage that comes with it, Mm -hmm. and people really don't talk about that because, like, God forbid you get angry, you just had a child, and it's like, yeah, but I also haven't slept in, like, four days, and his dad is gone, Mm -hmm. and everything's on me, so, yeah, I'm pissed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, so, yeah, a lot. And on top of that, the relationship that I was in with his dad was not great. So my mental health was just, like, really in the gutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I became a single mom, it was more, okay, well, I can't let my mental health suffer anymore because what is this teaching him? Yeah. And sure. that's when I started going to therapy, kind of. Not super often. It's, like, a once-a-month thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
What do you What do you mean? Like, uh, like it's only a once a month thing? Is that something that's that was kind of by choice? Is that something just kind of by condition? Like no, I just time? really like that therapist, and she has really limited availability. Mm-hmm. I really like that therapist, though. I've been seeing her off and on for like six years. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I love that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, What about this therapist? Kind of stands out to you that makes it a little bit easier to talk to them as opposed to somebody else you might have tried. Um. First of all, she's a woman. Sure. Um, second of all, she has, I don't know if it's like a condition or I think it's a condition. Um, her voice, she can only talk in whispers. Mm-hmm. So um, one ASMR. of my triggers for me is really loud voices um, uh-huh. because of my past. And so when I would get therapists and even if they're like passionate when they're talking to me, it would like trigger me. And especially if I'm being vulnerable at the moment. And yeah. so with her, she's just always talking. It's very soothing. And I'm like, oh my god, I could tell you anything. <laughs> was um, did you have any sort of like reservations about starting therapy? Um, I did, but that was before I decided I was going to keep seeing her. Um, just starting with somebody new in general, or like, I don't know. I was diagnosed with certain mental illnesses as a child that are not valid at all. Um, I was diagnosed as bipolar. I am not bipolar. Um, and so it's been a process trying to get off of a wait list and in for an assessment to figure out what is actually wrong with me. Because if you go into a doctor and you're like, Hey, I have this going on, they'll just believe you. And that's not helpful for me because I need you to tell me what's wrong so that I can actually get a handle on what's going on. Mm -hmm. Getting properly diagnosed is so important too. Yeah, and as a woman, a lot of the time, you don't get properly diagnosed. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, you're on your period, right? Or, oh, oh you're overweight, so you feel that way. Yeah, and I had endometriosis, and, like, I wasn't bleeding for a very long time, and I had to get the surgery, and a friend went through the same thing, where it's just like, periods aren't that bad. You should do this and this. It's like, no, this is, like, crippling. Right. <laughs> We're not often listened to or, like, believed for our pain or, like, a mental problems as well. Exactly. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a joy. <laughs> well, uh, like, what was what was the thing that kind of clued you into to not being bipolar? um so i'm in school full-time and i've taken i think right now i'm in like my fifth or sixth psychology class um and last term i took one called abnormal psychology and this is the one where they go into all the different mental disorders and how they're categorized in the dsm-5 and everything like that um and the dsm-5 is what your therapist will use to actually diagnose you and when we went over the bipolar uh criteria it said like long periods of manic episodes and long periods of depressive episodes. Mm -hmm. I do not have that. I have like split second moments where Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, first four hours I'm manic. I'm like on a high. And then the rest of the day I'm barely able to move. Right. That's not bipolar, at least not like, I, I don't know. That's not what being bipolar is. Right, right. I uh, I had kind of difficulty with that as well, is because I was diagnosed bipolar, and I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't think I have that. And I, the way that like I guess I've kind of had it like explained to me is just that like I was told that it was rapid cycling, mm-hmm. um, which is you know like in my case it's like because that my thing is just that like I don't really have long times of just feeling awesome or long times of feeling depressed. It's like you know one second I'm just like super you know uh, I mean you guys saw me in the car right over here I was just like <laughs> pew 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 and then the next second I'm just like I heard everything and it's it's very much okay I'm glad we all agree with our laughter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um you know and it's it's very it's very much that uh you know it's it, it made it very confusing because i was just like well i don't have it by this definition so then that means i don't have it and i guess that was something that like once i understood there was like a, a form of it that i might have i guess it, it made it it made more sense but yeah being properly diagnosed is incredibly uh important because you know i feel like there's a lot of uh, just comfort that comes from, like, knowing what's wrong. Like, knowing that there's a problem isn't comforting, but knowing what the problem is is comforting because at least you can address it. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people also struggle because nobody really makes it clear how to get diagnosed. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, get a therapist. Oh, get a psychiatrist. That's not really what you do. Like, I called a behavioral health clinic and asked for a mental health assessment, and they sit you down with somebody that's going to give you a mental health assessment. It's It can be a psychiatrist. It can be a therapist. But, like, regardless, the person is going to give you a deeper, like, assessment than if it was just, like, a, your regularly scheduled therapy appointment. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I uh, I can't wait to talk to you, Mark, because especially knowing like your your mental health background, um, it's I, there's there's just so much to know and understand. So uh, hopefully you can help us and our listeners uh, know a little bit more about ourselves. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we will be right back with the smoke break. We are here every Sunday on Shady Pines Radio from nine to ten a.m. as well as Pretty Dope Experience, and uh, check us out on Spotify. ShadyPinesRadio.com. There's a show called High Voltage, hosted by DJ Icy Hot. Tune in and get charged up Wednesdays, 10 to 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. DJ Icy Hot plays tracks with only one rule it must be electric. And welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hi, friends. Malik Rayshon. What's poppin'? And Bandy. Hi. Yep, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, <laughs> 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 by the next commercial break, I will reestablish that last name. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I mean, we've been friends for years, and I just, I don't say it. He doesn't yeah, even spell true. it right. And see with Amanda. Why you got to put me on blast like that? <laughs> uh, well, speaking of which, uh, speaking of which, uh, so everybody here has uh, has at one point dated each other. I don't mean me and Malik. <laughs> future, uh, future episode, we're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've all been involved um, and we're all still friends. And that's not something that a lot of people can do. And some people are often confused by it they're like what how are you friends with your ex i think a lot of people have that thing where they have to like end it poorly so they don't either that's just like they're that's how they were kind of trained or maybe that's how they like make it final is by having like a big blow up fight or like fuck you i never want to talk to you ever again and i've I've said that to say yeah yes yeah i was gonna (laughs) say it's it's been a part of it i said it to brady and (laughs) i live with my ex and i do this but you know podcast with zane and i think I think it's important to remember that even if things don't work out romantically, you're not compatible in that, you know, in that way, we all like, we found each other and fell in love for a reason. And you can still have love for that person and not be in love with that person. And I think that's like, that takes some maturity to separate the two. Cause I think unfortunately a lot of people only see love as like friendship or romance. And if you sleep with someone or you're dating someone, you can't go backwards. I'm like, yeah, you can. Like as long as you're open with that person and you both have that closure, because I think where it gets messy is if one person is like, I'm still in love with you, I'm waiting. It's like, okay, well, we can't be friends because I don't mm-hmm. want to hurt you. But if you can both be like, well, that was the thing we did. We tried it. It didn't work out. But I still love hanging out with you. You still know me better than, you know, sometimes you just have that bond where, like, you become best friends with that person. So it's like you're going to throw that friendship away just because you're petty and insecure. I don't think mm-hmm. that's fair. And when you date people who are, like, genuinely cool and, like, they respect you and there's, mm-hmm. like, a really good synergy there, like, you don't have to throw away the whole person. Just, like, you know, set aside the parts of it that aren't, I guess, serving the best purpose in that dynamic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, to separate those things and compartmentalize, like, this is you as a friend and a person and this is you as someone I used to date and, boy, we should not date again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can still kick it. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. I I think that being able to, like, separate and even kind of, like, remember the parts that, like, that didn't work because you were dating, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's like... Yeah, you had different pressure or something. Yeah, well, it's like there was was definitely parts of, you know, us being together that were really cool, but there's definitely parts where it was like, this is a fight we're only having because we're together, you know, like, you're only expecting Mm -hmm. these things of me because I'm your partner, and in your mind... When something bad happens, and I had had heard this, you know, it's like when you're in a relationship with somebody or even like just a long-term relationship, when something bothers you, like your immediate thought is like, it's going to be like this forever. You know, like it's it's like a fear of Mm -hmm. just like, I need to correct this. And then you kind of overcorrect or, you know, any, any number of things can happen. Bury it deep inside. Yeah. Or (laughs) you bury it and you're just like, yep, I guess. For no fucking reason. (laughs) 
guess I'll let them know without letting them know. Yeah, they should know. Yeah, for they real. know me so well. If you really loved me, <laughs> stop right there. Stop right there. Yeah, fuck that. Um, but what about you, Mandy? What's uh, what's what's kind of your experience? Yeah. Well, so something that's interesting with me and Malik is that we did not date in the traditional sense. No. In by any means, we mm-hmm. were not all in love and all that. Like at one point, I'm sure we said it, but neither of us meant it. <laughs> and nice. we both were very honest. This is how about you that. find out, Malik. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. This is news to me. Okay. <laughs> you learn something new every day. <laughs> but we've recently reconnected in the past, what, like six months? Something like that, yeah. I don't know how long it's been, but recently. And I think this time around, we've kind of realized that our we didn't really know each other that well before. Mm-hmm. And we were like having these big fights where it was like, you don't want to be with me. You don't want to hang out with me. You don't want to do this, 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 this. But the core of it was we don't really know each other. Mm-hmm. We're just enjoying each other's company, but we don't know each other on like yeah. a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And so now that we're like actually friends, um, we're able to just have a deeper respect for each other and like look back at what was a relationship, I guess, and be like, yeah, that was kind of shitty. That was cool for what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we definitely enjoyed our time, I think. I can't speak for you. Oh, no, it was all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's because of the love comment. He's being This cheesy. is how you find out. Okay. <laughs> it was great because I didn't feel like, I felt like if I was interested in someone romantically, that it had to be like this whole thing. <laughs> like, I'm attracted to you, so you need to be my girlfriend. Mm. But with Mandy, it was like, there was a chill, like, friendship where we were obviously attracted to each other. And um, it was it was really cool for what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, something more casual and maybe had, like, a deeper feeling than, like, mm-hmm. ownership, I guess. <laughs> and we were both young and kind of immature. So, like, what, oh, yeah. what could it Well, and neither been? of us stopped dating other people. It mm-hmm. was literally, like, we'd start dating someone and be like, hey, you want to hang out? Okay. <laughs> but, like, I have a boyfriend now. Oh, I have a girlfriend. It's fine. And then, like, three weeks later, we're hanging out again. Oh, well, we broke up. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, oh, why'd you break up? Well, because I'm into you, but like, we're not into each other for real. It yeah. was just a whole thing. <laughs> You're always on each other's back burner. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And then it would be like, Mandy would put me on the forefront, and I'd be like, nah, I'm not really <laughs> just into did. all that. And then I would put her on the forefront, and she's like, nah, I'm not really down for that. So. And we're both very rude people. Not rude, but like blunt, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So like, Malik Case would text point. me and be like, <laughs> I'm really upset because you did this, this, and this. And I'd be like, okay, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> and then he would that. get more mad, and then it would be a whole thing. Oh, we're like, that sucks. And vice versa. <laughs> well, I, I think it kind of goes into what you were saying about, you know, like not really knowing each other, not really yeah. knowing like each other's love language. Like, I've been trying to explain this oh, joke. Yeah, it was really funny. Said oh, boy. Day. Yeah, she I've been trying to ass. like. Out exp- my open mic. Yeah, at Amanda's <laughs> open mic. It's, but it's just like, so I have really bad anxiety. And <laughs> America, America, Amanda. Ameri- not America's love language. America, uh-huh. America's love language. No. Amanda's love language yeah, uh, is touch. Uh, mine is spending time together, but hers is touch. So I would get very anxious <laughs> and she'd be like, oh, well, if I was anxious, I'd want to be hugged. And so she would hug me when I'm feeling fucking super and like. And turns into my cat and scratches my chin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Let me out. Yeah, yeah, for real. I'm like pushing myself away, and she's like, "No, this is helping." And I'm just like, I, I, "Take the hug, Zane. Take the hug." Help. But it's it's just very much like you know, understanding each other's love language, and it's like, what what would mean the most to you, or how do you want to be communicated with? Like those are kind of things that like I feel like when we jump into relationships, we don't exactly know how to communicate. Like in, unless you come at it from a very mature standpoint or you know to come at it from that standpoint. You usually have to have experience to get that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You had to have not communicated at one point to know that you need to communicate it next time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 very it's very difficult to to kind of just guess like, hey, what's the way that you want to be told that uh, that what you did was not okay? What's the way that yeah. you want it to be communicated that you want to spend more time together? What's the way you want to communicate that you want distance? And I think also like that love language thing, it's like it's easy to express love to someone the way that you want them to express it to you. But if you don't communicate, like if I'm trying to hug you and you're anxious and you're like, let's play video games all night. I'm like, I don't fucking like video games. Like, we want to hang out with you. I'm like, well, this isn't how I want to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. So it's like we didn't communicate that with each other. So I'm trying to hug you and you're trying to get me to play video games. And we're both just like, oh, leave me alone. Yeah, for real. No. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people, too, just don't 
always know what their love language is. Yeah. And they don't always know, like, why something's not working with someone. Mm-hmm. And, like, for me, for a very long time, I was a person who, like, if I'm going to call it quits on a relationship, I need to know why I'm doing that. Yeah. Because I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, fuck it, and then be done. Mm-hmm. I need to actually think about it and be like, okay, well, we tried this, this, and this, and it didn't work. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people don't know what they've tried, and they don't have that awareness, yes, I guess, to totally. look at their relationship objectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Back in that time, I was like, my love language is music. So, what's <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that tape. even mean? Yeah, so here's my mixtape. <laughs> I'll just make this song that'll tell you how I feel, and then you figure out what to do with that. <laughs> you unpack this. I gotta, I gotta ask though. Uh, did Did you ever, did you ever make her a song? I don't think so. Oh, no. Wow, no. you both said no really quick. No, no, maybe no. That's why one of my other Apple out. boyfriends did that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing, I think the thing with me, like, the times that I had made a song about people who I was involved with romantically was because it would usually just end in a completely unacceptable way, or at least a way that I would deem unacceptable. Mm. And it would be, like, something that I'm not able to process with that person, so I have to take it into the mm. studio but the thing with Mandy and me has always been like a mutual communication, even with like when we're not talking, like there's an understanding of what we are, what we aren't and mm-hmm. why that's the case. So it was never like, oh, I have all these feelings and I have to figure it out by myself. It was just like, yeah, it, it is what it is. Sounds it's not what it's honest. not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How uh, how did like communication kind of play into your, your y'all's, uh, you know, relationship either like. At the time, or you know, now that you you've reconnected, so we we pretty much always used to meet up at Malik's house, and Malik would always text me and be like, "Hey, you want to come over?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, sure." And then I'd ghost him, mm-hmm. and it became a thing where I was ghosting him like every two like he was not my first priority he was always the last option for me mm-hmm. and that sounds really harsh but Malik knew what it was at the time I swear mm-hmm. he just didn't want to know that that's what it was sure mm. I was very much in denial yeah I was like everything's fine <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> maybe this time and then it would be a thing where like Malik would be like well you've ghosted me four times this week I don't want to hang out with you anymore and I'd be like okay and then like two days would go by and I'd text him and be like hey I'm in Gresham do you want to kick it and he'd be like yeah I guess (laughs) but now it's funny because we're at a point where he'll be like hey do you want to hang out next week and I'm like yeah come to my house Mm. and then he ghosts me (laughs) and I'm like you know what I can't even be mad like it's kind of karma but the difference is I will text you like an hour before and be like, hey, I think I'm about to ghost you. <laughs> I think that's about to happen, right? That's yeah, progress. that's true. That's yeah. true. I feel like better I'm fading. I'm about to turn into a ghost. Casper here. Can't yeah. hang out. Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. I actually do that to Amanda where uh, she used to be late to everything and now I just show up late to her things. And I don't even care. That's the thing. Yeah, you're, you're like, sweet, I wasn't ready. I was going to be late. And I'm like, like, wow. Hey, I was really hoping you'd be late because I wasn't ready. Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't want you there anyway. I'm like, finally, you're speaking my love language. <laughs> Being late right on time. You're like, damn it, it backfired. <laughs> if I show up early, you should be concerned, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm worried. Yeah. Is everything okay? Um... Yeah, so I I guess uh you know what's what's kind of I guess going forward um you know are you are you both kind of looking at like the the relationship as like you know this is something this is like a standard for what I want our our relationship to be or are you kind of going to go forward with the idea that like I think I can be friends with more of my exes. Do you want to take that one first? Uh, me too. Um, long, long I feel like we have a very unique connection to where it can exist outside of the setting of romance. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I'll say there's another friend who I have who there was, like, a little bit of, like, will they, won't they going on that now is in, like, a really solid, like, we're homies they space. Mm-hmm. They yeah. will not. <laughs> the answer is won't. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll say, like... Well, I guess there's actually another person that I dated that I'm friends with. But, like... See, you and me are both really, really good about that, though. We've both managed to stay friends with a good amount of exes. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like I said earlier, when you date someone who's really cool, like, just you don't have to throw it away. And Mm -hmm. I, I will say I'll never expect to be in a relationship with someone and then have a friendship with them afterwards because... 
I just don't know how realistic that is to like actually expect it and see it happen. Um, I'm saying that, but most of the people who I've dated, like I'm in a fucking cool place. It's, I think it's like half and half. Half and half? It's, it's about half and half. It can take time too, because there's definitely people where I'm like, I don't ever want to talk to them again. But then time goes on and you're like, all right, we both have grown. And at that time when we broke up, it was toxic and we were not taking care of ourselves or each other. So mm-hmm. that wasn't a good idea to be friends. Yeah. Time goes by, you're like, okay. I we, try to be we friends can do with this. all my exes. Same. Maybe that's not okay, but like, I think it's good. Literally, Honestly. like immediately after, I'm like, "So, do you want to like go get lunch?" Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I just moved out of your house, but like, can we kick it? Yeah. Well, I think there's something to be said about letting go of what didn't work yes. and just mm-hmm. focusing on what does work exactly. and what does feel comfortable for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think more people should try to experience that. I think sure. so too. No, I uh, I was fucking convinced. I was like, I cannot be friends with Amanda. Uh, before I like, I cared hey. too much. And then I was just like, I don't fucking care at all. It's whatever, man. Yeah, uh, and, then I was, and then I was like, okay, wait a minute. Like this is, this is somebody who, you know, we shared a lot of time and I think it's, it's a relationship that's worth, uh, I need a co-host is really what. Oh yeah. What, it's, it's, the smoke breakers are brought back together. He would not stop asking me. <laughs> He's like, maybe if I make this podcast. Yeah. Then I can get her back. Uh, a song and then a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like I'm just. Uh, I'm... But but come on, I mean, I definitely I think we have that relationship where we can like call each other out on some shit, which I think is important. Or like yeah. notice when the other person is feeling a certain way. I'm just like Zane. Yeah. Did you eat? Are you okay? Like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. I think one of the coolest things about being friends with your exes is like for me when I'm in a new relationship. And, like, me and my new boyfriend are fighting. I can go to one of my exes and be like, am I crazy? Because yeah. did I, am I actually crazy? Because I know I'm a little crazy, but am yeah. I, like, crazy, crazy? Oh, man, I could tell many times Zane would smirk when I would bitch about Brady. And he would just feel like, <laughs> right, and right. I'm like, fuck you, do I do that all the time? And he's yeah. like, you're yelling right now. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it's me. I'm he says that I get drunk and yell, and I'm like, you're drunk and yelling right now, <laughs> so. It. I'm getting a flashback, please show <laughs> It helped me call myself out, honestly. <laughs> it's like you have someone in your life that has that perspective of, like, what it was like when you were together. And then they have you in this new space where it's, like, not in the romance space anymore. Mm-hmm. But you can be like, hey, yeah, like, I, I recognize that. Like, that's something that I experience as well. But then on the other end, it's like, no, you're not. You're not this. Like, yeah. this yeah. person's saying you're this and that. But I know you and that's not you. Well, it's like it's I would like, go to Amanda and I'd be like... Am I insecure and always looking for validation? And <laughs> you're like, doing, what are we it doing right, right now. now Zane? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> repeat, repeat that sentence again. <laughs> Less whiny though. Um, all right. Well, that's a great conversation, and yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, getting to, to meet um, you know all of all of the people in Malik's life because he's, yeah. he's a genuinely awesome dude. We just kind of recent him. Shut. Up. He uh, we just recently <laughs> brought him onto the show, and uh, you've brought nothing but awesome people. Yeah. So um, super super no- nice to to know you, Malik, and meet you, Mandy, uh, whose last name I will figure out after this commercial break. <laughs> Mandy G, everyone. Mandy G. <laughs> Every Saturday night at 10 p.m., the Shady Pines edition of Stranger Than Fiction with Mr. B. And welcome back to the Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hello. Malik Rayshon. <laughs> <laughs> and Mandy. Gormley. Gormley. There it is. I did not do his homework. I did not. I did not. Listen, I, I study right at the last minute, uh, and I, I managed to pass. Um, or make the appearance of passing. So, real quick, we are going to do the joke break. Uh, it's one of my favorite parts, just because we we get to get to know each other a little bit better, and, uh, you know, we get to laugh a little bit more. So, uh, this week, Amanda's going to pull the card, and the card is... Actually, why don't you read it? Okay. When do you feel like the most authentic version of yourself? And then the follow-up is... When I'm with you. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Aw. And then the the second, the follow-up question is, how would you describe this part of you? So Mm. when do you feel like the most authentic version of yourself, and how would you describe that part of you? Ooh, okay. All right. Well, uh, Mandy, go ahead and tell us. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I know this is heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I think I feel the most authentic 
like authentically about myself, I get or like the most authentic me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm juggling like seven million things at once, to be honest, like multitasking. Yeah, because yeah. I thrive under immense pressure. Yeah, sounds um, like Zane. So I don't thrive. No, I just he do thrive. it. Yeah, he unravels. <laughs> <laughs> the key is to unravel as you progress. There you go. Ooh, Slowly. Okay. Maybe right. Right. Maybe I, I feel like that's when I'm the most authentic version of myself because. You, when you're under that much stress, um, whether positive or negative stress, you have to like be you. You can't. You don't have time to put on a facade. You know. For sure. So yeah. I feel like that's super like authentic. Yeah, honestly, that's yeah. A, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, I think that's fire because I know a lot of people under pressure they crack into like a mask of like, oh, everything's okay, mm-hmm. like I got this. But for you, it's like you genuinely do show up, and you're like. I'm handling this. Yeah. Like, I'm Cut the handling my yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's power in admitting that, like, I'm struggling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every day sure. of my life is a struggle. But yeah. the fact is that I get up every single day and I do what I have to do anyways. And, yeah, I might hate my life for, like, half the day, but that's okay. Like, I feel like everybody does. I was so going to do that anyways. <laughs> exactly. And then a feeling of accomplishment, too. Like, when you're under pressure and you get it done, it's like, mm-hmm. hell yeah. You feel like you can... You can uh, overcome things that you might have, like, normally just been like, well, I can hide <laughs> and sleep and be, yep. you know, like, run away from this thing or just fucking do it, get it done and be like, hell yeah, I did that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, Amanda just said it, but it's like you you hate half of the day, you hate your life for half of the day. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally rest at the final point, you're like, yeah, I yeah. fucking did that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I say that all the time. Is this like, you know, people are like, oh, you overwork yourself. Um, and I do. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is you that do? at Not the mine. end of the day, I have another podcast after this. Uh, no, um, <laughs> we did that last week. But at the end of the day, I can I, I sleep so well knowing that I not only did everything that I had to do, but I did everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. And avoiding stuff, it's like you might avoid because like I don't want to do it, but then I can't sleep because I'm thinking about all the stuff I should have done. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And you can't even relax. Like yeah. in the middle of the day, you're like, oh, I could take a nap right now. No, I can't. No, nope, I can't. Nope, no, nope. I can't. No, I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have like stress dreams where you're dreaming about the thing you should be doing. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, you can't even avoid it in my dreams. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what about you, Amanda? What, uh... hmm, when do I feel like the most authentic version of myself? Um, I think when I'm just like... Honestly, honestly, uh, when I'm sober, and I used to be very scared of that, and this is the first one I've recorded sober, honestly, a little confession. Cheers. Um, and I used to, I've always been like, I was homeschooled, I've, been a, I've always been kind of a weird kid, I grew up religious, so like I wasn't around people who did substances, uh, my parents didn't drink until I was like 16, so I didn't like grow up in that environment of people really being intoxicated, but then like comedy and like performing um, made me feel like I couldn't be myself unless, because I was so nervous that people wouldn't like me, unless I was under some influence to, like, calm my nerves. But then I started becoming a version of myself I didn't like, but then I was too scared to be my authentic self. So it just kind of became this weird spiral, and I've just been going to shows and, like, hosting open mics and being tested by sweet baby fucking Jesus every time I go out and host a <laughs> mic or do a show. Like, there's some chaos, some shit that normally I would be like, I need a fucking shot after that. And just being like, I got this. And I've been talking to some friends about it, too. It's like, you think that you need these things to be yourself, but you have those things inside you all the time. And there is a time yeah. in your life before you ever use these influences that, like, you you are that person. That's the lie. It's always inside of you. You don't need that to be yourself. So I'm like, I'm just kind of a weird little dork, and I'm totally okay with that. And I used to be scared of it. And now I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, I, I am me, and I don't need to, like get drunk or high or fucked up to be that version of me. Honestly, it's that's not even really me. That's me, like, trying so hard to be my authentic self while not being authentic. Fucking mm. weird. A little mind fuck I'm trying to un- <laughs> unlearn and unpack this whole time. Um, but I guess I'd describe that part of me as just, like, silly and not taking things too seriously and just having fun, you know? You don't need yeah. things to have fun. You just need to... Just be yourself. I don't know. You need fun to have things. Yes. I I'm just saying things backwards. Uh, <laughs> oh, but it makes, makes more sense. sense. <laughs> yeah, we can just think about it long enough. Yeah. We'll something. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that you said that. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do mine. And then we're gonna wrap up with Malik. But uh, yeah, I would definitely say that. Like, I'm, I'm more myself when I'm sober because, like, 
if I'm drunk, I'm the person who I guess I wish I was, which is like just a more confident per- version of me. But you are that person in there. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I am that, mm-hmm. that person. But the, what ends up happening is because like I'm drunk, I end up overshooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I dick. think is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I think is confidence is either being an asshole or being obnoxious. Same. And uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, I can, I can relate with that where it's like, you know, the, the person that you're trying to be and the, or the person that you want to be or the person that you think that you need to be with these substances is a person that you already are, but you just have to work a little bit harder to unlock that. Like confidence is something I've always had in me, but yeah. it's not something I've had read, had readily available. So I've just thought, you know, okay, to, to be this person, I need to, you know, I need to drink to, to be that person or I need to smoke weed and, and smoking weed is, is something else. Like this is probably... You know, not there's not a lot of episodes where I don't smoke before the smoke break. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one that I haven't. I haven't really even smoked the last couple of days just yeah. because, like, I realized that, you know, uh, marijuana is something that, like, you know, I'm like, oh, I need it to be funny or I need it to find things funny. Or and relax it's, or something. Or to relax. Yeah. Um, and I I realized that, like, what ends up happening, um, and I I'd said this, I don't know if I'd said it on an episode, but, like, addiction is... Um, it's realizing that something isn't doing you any favors and doing it anyways, Yep. you know? And for me, like getting high, it would make me anxious in situations that I would already feel anxious, but I would feel like it was relaxing me. I would think that it would, that it would relax me, but it would just make me more anxious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I would say that, you know, my most authentic self or when I feel like my most authentic self is when I'm sober because I can be fucking goofy. I can be weird. And instead of it going through this filter of like, you're being too weird because you're stoned or, Mm. uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or being like, am am I being too much because I'm drunk or not even thinking about whether or not I'm being too much and being drunk. And the next day you're like, oh, that's probably too much. And then you spend the whole day like shame spiraling. Exactly. Uh, I should probably get drunk about it. Um, so (laughs) yeah, I definitely, yeah, that's, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up, man, because I I very similarly feel the same way. Uh, we're going to be fucking drunk and high by the next episode. (laughs) I can't go back. (laughs) I've unraveled too much. I shouldn't. (laughs) And I shouldn't. Um, Malik, what about you? Well, I definitely relate to what you guys are saying about, you know, feeling like you got to use that substance to bring out the authentic version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my experience with weed. Um, I have known this for a really long time, for several years now, that when I, the space that I am my most authentic self is when I'm in my studio, either doing Mm -hmm. a video or like when I'm here on the podcast, when I'm making music, it's it's something about a space where you are creating a universe where I just free, I feel more freedom and and just the freedom to be me unapologetically as weird or as boring or mm-hmm. as overly emotional or overly analytical as I need to be in that moment. Yeah. That's something that it almost fucks me up to to an extent where it's like this space you know is made for me by me uh it's fubu it's fubu <laughs> and then i go you know hang out with friends or i go to work or i go to my family and it's like i'm still myself but it's like a version of myself for my friends or a version of mm-hmm. myself for my my family or for my work which all are me and they're all authentic but in the space of being creative all of those different versions get to exist in the same space and um i just i find a lot of joy and freedom and pleasure what's the difference between joy and pleasure i just feel really good in that space and you know that's why that's why i'd be texting mandy like oh sorry i'm about to ghost you because i'd be fucking in the studio living my best life expressing myself and building a universe and I think my favorite thing about it, I, I always compare it to, like, if you're trying to put together a puzzle, mm-hmm. but you're also sculpting the pieces as you go. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and it's like, you know, these two pieces go together, but I just came up with this other piece that actually goes with this one as well. So, like, I'll put this one over here and then make something else with it, and then it all goes together. It's, oh, my God. It's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. I I can definitely relate with the whole, you know, me when I'm creating is feels like my most authentic self. Yeah, I think creativity does like blossom that whether it's problem solving under pressure or creating music, making people laugh, you know, just being yourself. That creativity is authentic authenticity in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are going to take a real quick commercial break and we will be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from nine to ten AM on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Good morning, everybody at Shady Pines Radio. My name is Jeffrey Swiss, and I host the show Key Plays every Wednesday from 10 to 11 a.m. It is a sports-driven talk show, mainly me talking to myself, but in between I play a bunch of good songs, so if you're not into sports, not to worry. Again, Key Plays, 10 to 11 a.m. I hope you tune in. Welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Check us out on Spotify. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with the mandolin deal. Hello. Malik Rayshawn. And Mandy. I know, I'm so sorry. Gormanson? Gormley? Gormanson. Wow. Gormanson. Wow. That was close. It's better than Zane did. He just paused That's fair. That's fair. I was just like, maybe someone will fill it in. So we're at my favorite part of the show where I get to ask my favorite question in the whole wide world. What are you excited for? Yeah. Let's go ahead and answer it. Uh, Malik, tell me, what are you excited for? I am. I'm excited to be in the summer, even though the weather does not always reflect that. Mm -hmm. I love summer, even though my allergies don't. Um, Just having the... Having the freedom to know that uh, because the work that I do with Step Up doesn't really do much during the summer, I'm going to be finding like something to just do for the next couple of months. And I'm going to looking at like some summer camp type situations, nice. camp counselor. And those are really cool because like I'm still working with kids, which is really the only work that I want to do. But it's in a lot less of like an emotionally challenging setting more just like let's fucking do activities and build skills and you have know fun. have fun yeah. and I'm the type of person where if something emotional does come up which it's bound to when you're in a space with kids like I'm prepared for that but the nature of step up is is very consistently like you have to show up for these kids in a way that's going to just allow them to be heard and understood and excuse me, for them to vent and Mm -hmm. say the things that they need to say, which is great, and I'm here for it. But after a whole school year of that, it's like, ugh, okay. Like, I'm ready to not do that for a little while. You gotta recharge, yeah. 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 Well, and you're you're dealing with kids that are a little bit more uh, challenging to deal with. That's, you know, that's... It's hard enough to deal with just people who are challenging to deal with, let alone, you know, kids that, like, don't even understand their emotions or understand that, like, maybe they may have, you know, been rude or, you know, or just more, uh, like, confrontational than, you know, normally. Like, with with adult knowledge, you know that that was wrong. But with them, they're just like, oh, I guess I found out today that it was wrong. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's, that's you're, you're, uh, you're really lucky to be able to have that time off to to be able to still do what you like doing which is working with kids but not have to work in a uh, environment where it's you know as challenging as it has been yeah so that's awesome that's awesome what about you amanda what are you excited for um i'm excited to kind of just see where this sobriety journey is going for me um because i've had such a dependence on it now to like I used to even ever like other times when I was like, all right, I'm going to take a break from drinking. It was a break because I was like, because I definitely want to do this again. Mm-hmm. And now even like the thought of it, I'm like, I I can't. It's like fool myself a hundred times. Who the fuck am I fooling? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I know my patterns and I know that it's super easy for me to fall back into stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want to take a long enough of a break to where, um, I don't know, even just like a week. I'm just like, I don't really see that benefiting me anymore. Yeah, yeah. And if I have a slip up, like, I'll know that I even, like, um, 
I had like a couple drinks last Sunday and as soon as I did, I instantly, my brain, my addict brain was like, well, I can go like to this bar and this open mic and do this and like have these drinks and go to this thing. Oh, there's that party this night and like this and like on and on and on. And I was like, girl, what the fuck? Like mm-hmm. I barely cracked that can of worms and like exploded like those snakes in a peanut. You know what I mean? That, like, <laughs> I was like, okay, well. Who's no. opening up cans of it, peanuts anymore? And, and worms and what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Who put uh, these worms in a can? <laughs> gross. I personally so. like my cans with whoop ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta put my own ass on. <laughs> I've been a little too lines of days cool. Um, well, I, I I think it's really cool that you you're seeing things like that because I know that you know when we were together that we would be like okay we're gonna get sober and we're gonna stop fighting and everything's gonna be fine. I've done this so many times that it's like I know that I've I know that there is a reward when you give up something that is destructive that mm. you do get other like blessings come your way or things that you maybe didn't see are there are there. And even just like little things like Portland's Funniest Person, I've never made it to the finals. I always used alcohol as a crutch with comedy and just like doing it sober and knowing I can do it sober, but also doing it because I want to prove that like I have all these things inside me. I don't need anything else but like my own um, my own love. <laughs> it sounds kind of cheesy, but like <laughs> I, I honestly just need to take care of myself how I would take care of anyone else that I love and not just allow myself to kind of unravel. So I'm excited to see where this goes. And it's awesome to have, like, good friends in my life. This is probably the the most people I've had in my circle that are also, like, aware of this stuff and have been sober from other substances that I can, you know, work with and at my open mics or, you know, be friends with or talk to, whereas I think all the other times my circle was people who were exactly like I was, where they knew they shouldn't, but they were doing it anyway. So it's mm-hmm. really hard to get support when all your friends are, like, secretly wanting you to go drink with them or something, you know, like yeah. they're not really supporting you. So I, don't, I feel pretty lucky, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Absolutely, no, that's that's definitely something that's worth being excited for. Because uh, yeah, and I like what you said about almost like making a, a sacrifice to the to the to the comedy gods yeah. and being I like tequila. Yeah, well, I mean, you <laughs> so know, I can love myself. Put it on the altar. People. Yeah, <laughs> put it on the altar and, and and see see what you get back in return. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, Mandy. Talk to me. What are you excited for? Yeah. Um, I think, so this whole year is about to be completely different from anything I've ever experienced. Um, I'm most excited for, uh, the fall because I'll be starting my social work degree at PSU and I really just can't wait to get started on that. It's something I've been passionate about forever and like I work a desk job now with a nonprofit and they hire several social workers like every fiscal year and so I know that that's like a job I could get once I finish and they've even offered me like paid internships once I'm like further along so I'm just like able to actually for the first time in my life see my future before me Mm. and like it feels tangible for once that's awesome and that's like a super big deal especially because when I started out as a single mom like I had no money I was literally living on like DHS money Mm -hmm. so like now to have this stuff going for myself and like being able to see everything that I'm working towards actually makes like progress Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing self-destructive behaviors like I have in the past. Like that's huge for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. No, that's, that's definitely really cool. Um, Just being able to, I guess, like you said, see your future in front of you. Cause I feel like too often we just, we're just trying to survive day to day and we forget Mm -hmm. to like, you know, think of anything as like a potential possibility. Cause it's like, how do I get through today? How do I get through fucking today? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just the fact that you, you have, you know, you have a plan, you have, you're, you're in a position that you haven't been before and you know, you're, you're putting in the work and you're, you're in a position that like nobody ever really like wants to be in, I guess. Like, yeah. No, yeah, you know what I mean? Like being being a single parent, like it's hard enough to raise a kid, let alone raise a kid by yourself and go to school. And like you're doing so much yeah. that like, you know, you deserve to you deserve not only to be proud of yourself, but to be able to look towards the future and uh, you know, do it excitedly. Mm-hmm. See the fruits of all that labor and that sometimes just feels exhausting, like doing stuff and being like, is this going anywhere to actually see yeah. that and be like, oh shit, there it is. Like, oh, yeah. that's so great. I'm happy for you. And you're you just with your experience in life, I think you're a great person to do that type of work. So hell yeah, thank they you. Made a good choice. Thank you. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited you for you. Be. Hell yeah. 
Hell yeah. What about you, Zane? What are you excited for, Fran? Let's see. Um, honestly, honestly, I think last honestly. time we talked, I uh, honestly nothing. I don't know why I asked this question. Uh, I hope nobody was going to ask me. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the end. <laughs> well, that's been. Um, so I uh, last week I was able to do uh, a uh, mental health summit. Yes. Uh, excuse me, a recovery summit. Um, and yeah, it's. It was incredibly refreshing to be able to do material that, like, I, I had been basically tailoring for that audience, mm -hmm. um, to that audience, and be able to see, like, how it was, how it would be received, you know? Like, yeah. be able to make jokes about getting clean from meth, you know? Like, say that at a fucking bar, everyone's like, ugh, God, don't, <laughs> again? Yeah. Oh, man, it's the meth guy. Uh, <laughs> here he goes again. A method man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Method Man. Uh, <laughs> Meth Head Man. Meth Head Man. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> just turn it off. Turn it off. We're restarting. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was just incredibly um, just validating to be able to do those jokes in front of people who um, you know and do my my songs that are also just like they just touch upon recovery and just being able to um, you know just believe that that there's a chance to start again. Uh, check out my mm -hmm. album on. Uh, Spotify, there it is. Uh, fire, fire. Uh, but yeah, just being able to just, I guess, deliver the content that I've been creating to the target audience and be able to see how it's received has just been incredibly, uh, just just validating, and yeah. it it makes me want to continue to create more content like it because you know I I I had said recently that like you know the only thing more difficult than being in pain is thinking that you're alone in that pain. Yeah. Mm. And sure. I was able to share my pain and find out that I wasn't alone and at the same time allow other people to understand that they weren't alone either. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just been incredibly rewarding. I, I got a couple gigs out of it. There's some oh, yeah. people that reached out and were just like, I think you're awesome. I think you're hilarious. Uh, how do we book you? Um, and That's here's the Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really really cool. And uh, here's the thing that I didn't know is that uh, <laughs> the recovery community, as well as the mental health community, has money to pay you. So, oh. <laughs> holy crap! Uh, crusty bars that are like, mm, yeah, pay when drinks. I'm yeah. sober. What yeah. did we just talk about? <laughs> like, you even listen to my set. I'm gonna bash get fries. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> also a vegetarian. I yeah. think you can still eat fries, but whatever. Uh, just give me the beer. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just uh, being able to. I've I've gotten like just a lot of offers for gigs, um, and there there was like a, a gig recently that they're like, hey, I want you to do like five minutes of of stand up, and I was like, okay, cool, and they're like, then I want you to like host for an hour, and I was like, okay, uh, they're like, how much would you like to get paid, and I was like, I don't know, I'll take like a, a hundred bucks, that'll pay for me to go up to to Seattle, and they're like. I'm not going to pay you any less than five hundred dollars. Oh my god! Oh my god. Hell yeah. They should have started with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you got to learn that you're learning how to value yourself too, because you're used to performing maybe in different circles where you're not really valued, mm -hmm. and now that people are like. You can you can ask for what you're worth instead of ask for like is it okay if I get a hundred dollars? Sorry about that. And they're like, what yeah. the fuck? No, here's five hundred. Like, yeah, on. yeah, no, it's it, so and setting your price for what you're worth. Fucking a, mm -hmm. man. And I I never I don't know my fucking worth in general. So like, <laughs> well, these people are helping you. Yeah, oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> they they help they help me pick. Yeah, they help <laughs> me get a ballpark. <laughs> No, it's 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 been just kind of like you know the places that I wasn't able to fit in, you know, they it felt isolating, not fitting into those those circles and into those places. But the places that, because of my situation and because of the things that I've chosen to do with my situation, I'm being rewarded yeah. with you know with people who see my value and help me see my value and help me see the value of my experiences and the value of the things that I have to say. It's yeah, it's just been it's just been incredibly validating. So, I mean, the the thing that I'm excited for, I guess, is you know, seeing where where all this takes me because we're only we're only halfway through uh we're only halfway through the year, you know? Mm -hmm. Only halfway through the year. Yeah, and you're finding your community by being your authentic self. Yeah, absolutely. A call back. Call uh, back. Call back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm being able to find that, that, that community. I'm being able to find that friend group. I'm being able to find just all the things that I feel like I've searched for so long to find and struggled extremely hard to find. Um, I'm just, I'm being able to find all, all, all of it, if not a lot of it. And, uh, yeah, it's 
feel like I'm on the right track finally. I feel like I'm on the right track. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm incredibly grateful for each and every one of you yeah. folks here on the smoke break. Uh, um, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful. <laughs> I'm just going to keep repeating. I'm just, so I, I can't look at the time. So I'm just, <laughs> if you guys dip out at this last part, I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's fair. He was rambling. So uh, grateful for So I'm grateful for my mom and my dad <laughs> and uh, my dog. Maybe in our last minute, I could just, you know, take a moment to thank you for having me as a, as a host on the show. Um, I don't know if I had mentioned like the surreal aspect of it because I had been binge listening to the smoke break. Mm -hmm for probably like a week or so after mm -hmm. we had first met up and then when you asked me to be a host i was like like do you have the right number right now <laughs> <laughs> this is really happening so it's just like you know i just feel really grateful to be in the space and grateful to be able to bring my friends on here and yeah talk about you know life and what yeah. we're excited for absolutely absolutely well that has been the smoke break we are here every sunday from 9 to 10 a.m on shady pines radio I've been your host, your old pal Zane, here with the mandolin deal. Bye, friends. Malik Rayshon. <laughs> and Mandy Gormley. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>